You know, there's an old saying in church circles, people that come to church Sunday morning love their church and their pastor, but anybody that will come to church on Sunday night loves God. <laughs> so, good. <laughs> so good to have everybody here. I, I see some, old, some of my Jubilee leaders, and of course, Victor and Dominic and our friends, and Feli. Where are you, Feli? Where's my favorite Filipina? There. <laughs> Feli was on our team. How many years you work at Jubilee? 23? 28? 23. 23 years. She did all my, well, everything graphic. and a very super talented woman. And some of your book covers are out there. I think I, we don't have too many books left, but that's all right. I didn't bring it up, but thank you, Feli. I'm going to see your brother and Victor Wednesday night when Larry and I are doing a service up in Lincoln. They're going to drive up and, and be with us. And again, Mark and Brenda, two legends you know, if this couple didn't say yes to Jesus, not knowing what's on the other side of the yes, the reason a whole lot of people are reticent to say yes is they don't know what's on the other side of it. Even though the Bible says all the promises of God are. And, but 40 years ago, plus, this couple said yes to Jesus. And that's why we're here tonight. Give them a hand. Would you honor them, honor our host pastors? And it's uh, so good to have, uh, of course, Mama Carla. Wave at her. You, you did. Stand and wave there, my beautiful wife. The ageless one, she just looks the same as she did. And of course, uh, Larry, have, a, have Leah, have your beautiful wife stand up and say hi to everybody. My friend Leah, 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 Lee. Oral Roberts called Larry the apostle of prayer before, and Mark will bear witness with this, before Rick Godwin's, uh, excuse me, Rick not Rick Godwin, purpose-driven. Rick Warren. Rick, Warren. Rick Godwin. Yeah. Good guy. But before Rick, Rick Warren's book was a must-have for all of us, it yeah. was Could You Not Terry? That's for sure. Mm -hmm. 1987. In fact, I have a copy uh, from Amazon. And it was a, a best-selling book. I don't know how many millions around the world bought that book. But this man right here, he got America praying again. I did not know a church in America that wasn't getting up and praying in the morning for an hour and it really released a whole lot of wonderful things. Yes. So thank you, Dr. Lee, for writing that, that book and the ones after. <clears throat> and I told Larry recently, we're in Miami with Joel Osteen and some dear friends uh, about a month ago. I said, Dr. Lee, if ever a message needed to be resurrected, Amen. I mean, things were somewhat challenging in 1987, 88, 89, but... Yeah. Look, look at the mess we're in now. Look at this country, spiritually. May I even say politically, uh, economically, uh, and other things. We, we won't get too deep into that. But if America, if the church in America ever needed prayer, it's now. And so I believe, Larry, God is going to not only resurrect your ministry, but open some doors you haven't even thought of. I say that by the, by the Holy Ghost. I hear a sound. 
I hear a sound. The prophet said, I hear a sound. He didn't see anything, but he heard a sound. After seven visits, peeking out over the Mediterranean, the servant finally said, there's a cloud about the size of a man's fist. The prophet said, go tell Ahab, get going, because it's coming. You ready for it to come tonight? Yes, It's going to come tonight in Jesus' name. Let me tell you a little quick story about this teacher up in San Francisco. One of these woke, progressive, socialist-slash-Marxist, atheist teacher who decided that indoctrination was better than education. And she was going to indoctrinate these kids. And so she, first day of school, second grade, Children, let's have a little fun. I need a volunteer. Well, Johnny was always one of these kids, type A personality, little Johnny, you know. And there was windows at the class you could see outside. Johnny, I want you to go outside, and I want you to do three things. I want you to stare at the grass for a minute. I want you to stare at that tree at the end of the lawn for a minute. Then I want you to, for about two minutes, I want you to stare real hard in the sky. There he goes. All the kids run to the window watching Johnny. There's Johnny staring at the grass. And then she she points, and he goes over, and he's staring at the tree. And she does this, and he stands there, comes back into class. She goes, now, Johnny, come up here. What color is the grass? So, well, it's green. Very good. Now, tell us the color of the tree. This is the fall. He said, well, uh, the leaves are kind of orange and red and yellow. She goes, very, very good. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, Johnny, when you stared at the sky, can I ask you a question? Two questions. Did you see any angels? No. Did you see a God? No. She goes, well, Johnny, that's because there's no such thing as angels, and there's no such thing as God. You may be seated. Well, in the back row, there was a little pastor's daughter. (laughs) Yes, Susie? Uh, could I ask Johnny some questions? Well, all the kids are clapping, and now she's stuck. Well, her, make it quick. We've got to get into our, you know, whatever. So Susie comes up. She goes, now, Johnny, I want you to stare at our teacher. What, what color is her dress? He goes, well, it's uh, pink and gray, a little bit of white. Very good. Now, Johnny, look at her hair. What color is her hair? And he looks, he goes, well, it's it's kind of brown, very, very good. Now, Johnny, one last question, and don't answer this too quickly now. Can you see her brain? (laughs) He said, no. She goes, that's because she doesn't have one. (laughs) All right. Matthew 18. And 18. Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, again, I say to you that if two or three on earth concerning anything that they ask, Agree. If any two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For there, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, 
I am there in the midst. Now, I, I feel somewhat foolish talking about prayer with Larry Lee in the front row, but we'll, uh, we'll take care of some business with Larry in, in a minute. Uh, the kind of Holy Ghost got on me in the back room that Larry and I are going to do something for you and Brenda in a few minutes, if that's okay. When we were uh, saved, the Holy Ghost came in us. When we got filled, according to Acts chapter 1, the Holy Ghost comes upon us. Am I right about that? But when we come into agreement, the Holy Spirit is with us. He's in us. There's an anointing that's on us at the baptism of the Spirit. But according to Jesus, when even two or three gather, there's a special presence of our Lord and His Spirit that is with us. Let me quickly go. I'm not going to talk long because we're going to pray for all of you in a few minutes. But look at Revelations 3 with me. Verse 7, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says, He who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, speaking of royalty, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. I know your works, the Lord says. I know your works. See, I've set before you an open door and no one can shut it for you have little strength and I've kept my word and have not denied my name. I hear a sound. I hear a sound of new doors opening for this church and for God's people. I hear a sound of windows opening. Thank you, Malachi 3. I hear a sound of windows opening and blessings coming upon God's people that we cannot contain. I'm here to tell you tonight, I hear a sound. Now, quickly, let's go over to Isaiah 42. And then one more after that. And then we'll start talking about some stuff we're going to do. Isaiah 42, 21, the Lord is well pleased for his righteousness sake. He will exalt the law and make it honorable. But this people have robbed and plundered. All of them are snared in holes and they are hidden in prison houses. They are prey and no one delivers for plunder and no one says restore. Israel's in deep kimchi. Israel's in trouble. And God is asking a question through his prophet. Why isn't anybody declaring restore? I want you to stand up with me right now. I don't care what you're going through. It's none of my business. But I feel there's tension in this room. In families, finances, health issues. Just life. Life comes quickly. And God is asking a question. Why doesn't anybody just say, Restore? Larry Lee, I want you to say restore. As loud as you can. Mark, Pastor Mark, say restore. Everybody, come on. Say restore. Now stand, keep standing. Proverbs, over in the book of Proverbs, what is that? Proverbs 3.31? Over in the book of Proverbs... Actually, Proverbs 31, 3, I had it backwards. The Bible says, when a thief is caught. Talk to me, somebody. When a thief is caught, he must bring it back seven times. 
Now, John 10 says the thief comes but not to kill, steal, and to destroy. Say it again. Restore. Restore. Seven times. What the devil has stolen from me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated, everybody. Let me pick on somebody. Our beautiful worship leader. You've been around here a long time. I remember you and your beard was black, not white. I remember a lot of people here. I remember when he had more, he has more beach than wave now. Good to see you. What I have in my hand, Carly gets a kick out of this. I collect things. I know I'm weird. It's all right. That's okay. I collect things. We've got, I don't know how many oak trees in our property. Dozens of oak trees. Beautiful oak trees. And every year, each oak tree drops up to 10,000 of these. What's it called? An acorn. An acorn. Most of them don't become anything but food for squirrels, woodpeckers. Wild pigs. Hold that in your hand. Hold that. Do you know what you have in your hand? A beautiful oak tree. There's an oak tree that wants to get out. But it needs help. It needs help. I have another one. It's starting to crack. Because the seed inside the acorn is screaming. Let me out. Let me out. I want to become a beautiful oak tree. I want birds to make nests. I want squirrels to... I want people to sit under my shade and enjoy life. I want people to take a picture of my limbs and my beautiful trunk. But there's a real good chance this acorn will never become an oak tree without some help. I'm here tonight to help you. Because inside you, Something is screaming to get out. But religion and tradition and, 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 and people putting limitations on us from childhood and culture, society. We have a lot of excuses why we're not successful. And most of us have just kind of said, well, okay, sarah, sarah, whatever will be, will be. I was raised in a culture where I was told by my, basically my grandma, my grandpa, my, my teamster dad, now Dickie, now if you don't go to college, that's okay, but just try to get a good job and try, try real hard to get into a union and, and, you know, retire at 55 with a pension and, you know, and uh, whatever. And that was, and there's nothing wrong with that if that's where you are. And so I became an iron worker. Many of these, as I drive up and down 880, if you ever drive on 280, I built all those bridges. If you ever go up 280 towards Half Moon Bay, I built those bridges over there. I put steel all up and down. I lived in Hayward at the time. That's where I met Carly here in her hometown of Hayward. And a lot of these buildings you see, I ran crews. In fact, I came to Christ when Sarah was born. A lot of you know the story. You heard the story at Jubilee a few times. But my daughter was born December the 11th. 1976, I was, I was living in Paradise, California, because I was running crews from Sacramento to the Oregon border, ironworkers. 
and I was, re, I was remodeling the rotunda in Sacramento of the Capitol building because, uh, uh, Victor, a major earthquake in 1975 hit Orville. In fact, I was, uh, some of you football fans know Aaron Rodgers. He went to Butte College. I was helping to build Butte College. And I was up on the scaffolding when that 7.1 earthquake hit. I thought, I thought a truck hit the scaffolding. And then I see people, I see, I thought, this, this, was, this is bad. This is a big one. I've been in three earthquakes over seven, and, and you never forget them. So it was so strong. And Mama, we were dating at the time. We got married later on that year. It was so strong, it cracked the rotunda down in Sacramento. So my job, my company was in Emeryville up here. Uh, next door to Oakland, and we got the we got the two two and a half year job of of, of stripping it and retrofitting with with rebar. And for years, that's what I did, my twenties, and right up to the time we started Jubilee when I was when I was thirty six. And I'm at work. What, honey? Ten days after Sarah was born, that would be December the twenty first. I'm, you know, got my crew, and we're, we're, uh, in fact, my picture's in the book, my picture's in the history of, with my crew out there. I didn't, Cruz Bustamante was the lieutenant governor, his, uh, Vera Bustamante, his niece was, ran our missions department, and Cruz and I became buddies, golfing friends, and he gave us a book when we did the tour, and I'm looking through the book, and I said, hey, hey, I'm in the book. Look at, look at me, how cute I was back then. <laughs> and skinny. <laughs> Curly black hair, what happened, Jesus, and what happened? I had my hard hat on, but you can, see, you can see my little my little hippie hair hanging out. But anyway, I wasn't saved. I married a Baptist girl. You've got to be careful when you get married. You marry a Baptist, they start witnessing to you. Oh my God, like lighten up. And uh, I told Kenneth Copeland, I said, I got so sick of you back in. I said my wife was playing them tapes night and day, and I just wanted to, you know, drink beer, go fishing, go hunting, and, you know, just enjoy my life at the time, and she just wanted to go to church and all that nonsense, you know. <laughs> Brother Colton got a kick out of that. I got a phone call about 10 o'clock in the morning on December the 21st that my wife uh, was bleeding to death and probably would be dead by the time I got to Feather River Hospital. Am I right about that? Yeah. Now I'm 88 miles away. Sacramento, Paradise, Marysville, up Highway 6570. And my old F-100, my old Ford pickup only went about 65 miles an hour, and I, I got it floored. And I'm crying. I'm smoking a cigarette. I'm knee-deep in beer cans. I'm crying, cussing, and praying all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> to a God I didn't know. Her God, not my God. And I said... Please don't let her die. I said, I got this 10-day-old baby. My life is, you know, I kind of I kind of had to get out of the barrier because I was partying too much. And I was, you know, I knew every bartender in t town. I didn't know one pastor and a few other people. I said, God, don't let this woman die. I beg you, don't let this woman die. Jesus, whatever your name, whoever you are, I'll do anything you want. I'll do anything you want. Got to be careful when you say that to God. That's right. <laughs> Well, I get to the hospital, and the doctor, <clears throat> gynecologist, is Dr. Fillerup, which is a very strange name. That's, that's his name. Little Mormon doctor about, I know, I know, that's his name. Little Mormon about that tall, really nice guy. But he, I could have sued him. He made a, he made a real error 
with my wife, and that's why she her insides ripped open, and she lost so much blood. The, our house looked like the River Nile from the bathroom out to the car where where uh, my brother-in-law finally got her to the hospital just in the nick of time. But Carl actually died flatlined and went to heaven. And Jesus stopped her. She kind of hurt my feelings because she said it was so beautiful she was ready to stay. Like, hey, you got this, you got this husband, you got this baby. She goes, oh, it's just glorious. And Jesus stopped her and said, Carla, and gave her a vision and you saw me praying in the truck. I saw him crying out to God in that truck. And he said, Carly, you have to go back. I got something for you and your husband to do. And she said she felt herself backing up like, whoa. And she woke up in the hospital. Now, she didn't tell me that for a long time, long, long time. Larry, I, uh, it, it wasn't a real prayer like the way you teach people to pray. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I understand. But that's, it was, it was just a cry out of desperation. Smoke, you know, smoking a cigarette, shaking, speeding. When I got to the hospital, Dr. Philip, he says, Dick, he says, uh, I think we had a little minor miracle. I, th- I, thought, I thought we lost her. Well, they did lose her. You know, when the machine goes, and off she went. Then, boop, 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 her vital, her vitals start kicking in again. And I remember she was, she looked jaunt, she was yellow and jaundiced and, and looked, she looked like a corpse already. And I went in there and she, she go, he said, you have two minutes. And she goes, honey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. It's like, you're alive. <laughs> and Leah, I went out when the doctor said, you can come back tonight. But I went out in the parking lot and it was, it was a December 21st, 1976 up in the Sierra mountains. It was one of those beautiful blue skies with fluffy little white clouds. And I, I didn't. I just looked up. I said, thank you. I said, thank you. Whoever you are, thank you. That was my start. Now, we're, we're living in the Sacramento area. And so my start towards God happened at the Capitol building of the state of California. Maybe that's, maybe that's why we're full circle. Back where we started. Back where it started. But we're here tonight, we're here tonight to agree with you. Now, when I taught prayer at Jubilee, Ed might remember, and Liz, and some of the people that, that came to Jubilee for a season. And I probably learned it from Larry, from Larry's book. But when I taught prayer, I tried to get people to come into agreement with me Victor, when people, when people say, Pastor, pray for me, Pastor, pray for me, what they're really saying is, I don't know how to pray. <clears throat> you're a man of God. You're, you're closer to God than me. Am I right about that? Yeah. This lady, Brenda, you like this story. This lady came up to me after service. I'm back in the NPR room and just talking to people. She goes, Pastor, she goes, pray for me. I'm a single mom. I got four kids. I need a house. Pray for me. Grabs my hands. I went, no. She goes, no. She goes, no. I said, no. What kind of house? Right. How big? Where? How many rooms? I said, I don't have anything to... I said, there's dog houses, there's outhouses, and there's the white house. 
I said, that's a little vague. Just pray for, pray for me I get a house, a yeah. penthouse, outhouse. Well, I mean, I said, I'll tell you what. Now, she, she, she's still irritated, but she's like, she's nodding her head a little bit. I said, come back next week. Bring me a picture. I said, I don't want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. That's what I'm doing tonight. I'm not so much praying for you. I'm agreeing with your vision, with your dream, with what's trying to get out and become something beautiful and big and strong and to be a blessing. His son's the baseball player. And a good one. Two weeks later, he hears the sound. that lady comes yeah. with a chest's smile, like chest cat smile. Alice in Wonderland, that cat with the four, 50 teeth. She got this big old grin. I said, hey, how you doing? She goes, see this? I found the house I want, and I can't afford it. I said, beautiful, let's pray. <laughs> a month later, she got the house. She got the house. Because what I was trying to share with her is when we pray, and what, let, let's pray in faith. Let, let, pray in faith. Yes. You know, a lot of people pray, but it's just kind of traditional and it's religious and it's just yeah, kind of what. Sure. It's like I'm supposed to pray five times, whatever. I'm supposed to pray. Don't, they don't really expect anything to happen. It's just like it gets guilt off them because they didn't do the religious exercise. Am I right about that, doctor? So when I teach people to pray, it's like where two or three are gathered, his presence is there. So let's get in agreement. But what are we agreeing for? And so that's what we're doing tonight. I want to agree with you. Oral Roberts is a prophet. If you were here this morning... Larry and I were playing golf with Dr. Roberts 30 some back in 1991 or two. And when Larry, Dr. Larry said, hey, Dick, did you tell Oral about Carl's story giving you $5 million? I forgot to tell you this morning. He got so mad at Carl and I. Remember that, honey? He got so upset with us for not keeping the money personally. He bought me a $700,000 house in Silver Creek Country Club, a new car. He tried to buy us a Cadillac. I said, mm, how about a Lexus? <laughs> Japanese car, I hate those things, whatever. You know, that's, that's, he still thought we were in the war. This guy was crazy, but I love him. And then he also buys me, he says, you need to join that country club. I said, Carl, it's $55,000. He writes a check, go join it. He said, God put me in your life that you'll never have another financial need ever. We need a few more of those. Yes, we do. <laughs> Only need one. Yep. Only need one. Yeah. I was sharing with Larry when Benny, Benny Hinn was using my uh, youth center to talk to his... Uh, I didn't tell that story this morning, did I? No. I don't think so. Benny Hinn was using... Well, I've been friends with Benny since the early 80s. And Dick, I'm going to use your youth center. My, my, my Bay Area supporters, I need to talk to them. So he used it, and a bunch of people came, and we're in the green room. And uh, he's, he's complaining about being $11 million in debt, TBN, Daystar, all that. 
as Larry knows, on daily TV. <laughs> yeah. It's a black hole that can suck a lot of money if, oh, it, yeah. if it's not coming in the mail quick. <laughs> Great tool, but, but I don't think I ever told you, John Osteen, when I, John Osteen kind of saved me from yeah. maybe doing something. He said, Dick, because TBN's wanting me to go on daily TV, spiritual warfare and all that stuff. And John said, Dick, he said, it's pretty hard yeah. to do both. That's right. To pastor a church, build a church, or be on daily TV. Take your choice. So I flew home from Houston, and the Lord said, build that church. That's right. And just do TV whenever it happens. And thank God for TBN. We were on free for years. God bless Jim Crouch and Paul. So... The reason I'm here tonight, speaking to Benny, we were quick. So when, when Benny's, the Holy Ghost got on me and said, tell Benny about Carl's story. And I thought, everybody knows that story. Everybody knows the story about Carl's story, giving us the, 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 actually, as Ed reminded me, it was a million shares of his company, which I sold for $5 million. One of his companies. So <laughs> finally, I said, ben, Benny was talking to somebody in, the, in a circle. Like I said, Pastor Benny, did I ever tell you about, so I told him the story. He, on his hands and knees, he crawls over, and he, he lays his head on my lap. He goes, my God, Dick, lay your hands on me right now. I need $11 million last month. So I prayed for him. What are you doing tomorrow night? Monday night. No, no, that was Thursday. What are you doing Monday night? Next Monday. I, I looked at Carla like, nothing. Fly down and be on my show. This is your day. So we did. And I only, he only gave me 20 minutes, so I, boop, I did it real quick. And Jeff Pittman, who worked for Larry for how many years? Yeah, many years. Many, many years. Yeah. And then he went to, with Benny, and I think he might still be with Benny. Great, great TV guy. And Benny has shown that 13 times, Victor, on his program. 13 times. Last count, 13. So I called Jeff. I said, Jeff, why does, why does Benny keep showing that power of agreement? I hear a sound. He said, Dick, the people respond like nothing else we've done in years. Wow. It really resonates with the people. Yes. And they really believe that you have an anointing and that Oral Roberts is a prophet. And when you came into agreement with Pastor Benny for the people, he said they gave, they prayed, they responded to the challenge. Stand up, everybody, please. Larry, would you grab that microphone, sir, right there? And come up here with me. There's no way I'm not going to have Larry not do anything. <laughs> We're in the back room. We're having lunch first. And I said, uh, yesterday morning, or this morning, excuse me, this morning, when Pastor Mark was going over the, like, pay the building off early and all that, I shared with Mark that when Mr. Story gave us the $5 million, I paid the land off, which was $4 million, put a million in the bank, got a $20 million loan, something like that, from our bank, San Jose National Bank, and we paid, we paid that building off in four and a half years, debt-free. And I'm looking at Mark like, why not you? Why not this? Why not? Why not? Mark and Brenda, if you would come up here. We're going to start. This is what Dr. Oral Roberts told me. He said, Dick, wherever you go around this world and you preach that I hear a sound message, you, you start with the, the pastor, right. his staff, business people, or anybody, anybody who just wants a breakthrough and to go to another level, yeah. personal finances or whatever. 
And that's what we're bringing tonight. We're bringing a breakthrough anointing. Thank you, Lord. Now, Mark, what would pay off this building? Like I I shared with uh, this morning when I prayed for Tommy Barnett in Oral's office, $12 million came in for the Dream Center. And I'm having having lunch with, in Korea with Richard Roberts, uh, Larry Stocks, Jim Rocco, Larry Stocksdale, Bob Rogers, and and I told them the story. You know, they they stood up, moved the chair. They got they got on their hands and knees to the restaurant, and the Korean people just stopped. They're like, froze. Like, yeah. I said, "You want me to pray for you now? Right now, right, right now yeah. in this restaurant." Yeah. I got had some amazing things. Six point eight. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. How many believe that God can do a miracle for this church? Larry, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay hands on these two, like Dr. Roberts told me to do. Would you prophesy yes. over them, sir? Lord, you said it so clearly. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and I will show you great and mighty things which you've never seen before. Father, we've seen enough of what we've already seen. And now is the time for the release of that prayer anointing that will break the yoke and will literally cause this resource to come in so that they will never have to worry. They will never feel any pressure except to preach, to teach, and to heal because that's what they are. I release it now in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that it's done in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, Woo! if I could, if I could get, stay with me, Larry. Yes, sir. If I could get the staff and the leaders to come next, staff and the leaders, and then the rest, you kind of line up. You want, you want us to agree with you? Line up on the walls, and we'll bring you in. But the staff and the leadership of this church, I'm just obeying Dr. Roberts and the and the sequence. Doing what the Lord said. Doing what the Lord said. Yeah. Oh, I felt an anointing. I felt, Mark. I felt, I felt, I felt a, a quickening and a witness this morning. Like when you were, it's like the Lord said, "That's no big deal." Like that's no big deal to pay this off. I believe in being debt free. My houses are paid for. Car, cars are. Paid. I believe in being debt free. God's people need to be debt free. Let's release that tonight. Let's believe that tonight.